And welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Joining me, it's Matthew Day Gillett. G'day, mate. Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, you know, great sunny weekend. It's all good. Working up to the big day, the big the big uh, holiday season, and of course, uh, time off. Yeah, bit. Um, yeah, it's been a cracker day here today. Have you done any riding this weekend or all the uh, the important around the house jobos? It's been the around the house stuff and uh, family stuff. I have got a brand new helmet which I'm going to share my thoughts on this episode but later in the episode. And also I want to talk to you later in the show about uh, Christmas riding plans, summer riding plans. But before we go too much further Matt, uh, firstly, if the listeners want to get hold of us, email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or we're on all the fancy uh, social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, under the name Kiwi Rider Podcast. Check out the magazine, Kiwi Rider Magazine at kiwirider.co.nz. Matthew is available at onthrottle.co.nz and social media under onthrottle.co.nz and mine, motonz.com. Let's do the news. And Matt, the first thing in the news, and it's all on throttle.co.nz news this episode, uh, the 2022 International uh, Suzuki International Series was due to kick off this weekend or a couple of, uh, a few days ago as this episode goes to air, uh, but something went down and it was kind of abandoned. Yeah, so that's it's quite a bit of a shock really considering um, that the round round one of the Suzuki International Series was held at Topor. Uh and like that's a pretty prestigious track. It's owned by Tony Quinn. Uh, but yeah, come one pm on the Saturday, and people were really looking forward to it, given the um, COVID uh, cancellations. Yeah, so um, yeah, one pm on the Saturday, uh, two day race weekend, um, they had to make the call to um, cancel the event, abandon ra- the, any chance of racing uh, because the track at Turn Seven was falling apart, um, which. Is interesting because it had only just been sort of torn up and relayed and everything from what um, Suzuki, not Suzuki, from what uh, the Cemetery Circuit's um, joint press release with uh, Topol Motorsport Park. Um, they've been they've done repairs to that section of the track, but apparently due to the change in temperature we've sort of had, sort of leading up to the race, it sort of swung from cold and rainy and miserable to bloody hot. Um, and the track couldn't handle it and yeah, started to fall apart. And for riders' safety, uh, they had to cancel the event, which is um, a bummer, but also probably the best thing. There's been a bit of that sort of stuff happening around the country. I know the um, Carpeti Expressway was completed probably five years ago, and within a year that was falling apart and had to be resurfaced. Uh, Transmission Gullies had a bit of the same, and people are saying, oh, if you if you get the lowest bloody bidder, then it's going to be crap and fall apart. But if this is happening to an international race circuit as well, what what why is this happening? Why are our surfaces just deteriorating i think it has something to do with um that old what they were saying oh weeks and weeks ago before when uh, potholes were the thing in the news cycle uh it's all the rain all the all the rain um seeps into the surfaces and water pushes up the track and makes it crack and break and all that kind of stuff um kind of leads credence to that i think but yeah, who knows? There's always a mix of things, especially when you talk about public roads, because yes, you do have um, that whole bottom 
uh, Lois Bitter gets the uh, job and stuff. And yeah, if you don't fix things properly, you uh, brew it, I guess. Full story, more information at onthrottle.co.nz. KTM have released a new 790 adventure. Uh, but unfortunately, we're not going to get it in New Zealand. Tell us more, Matt. Yeah, so I don't think it's an unfortunately thing to begin with. Um, so the 790 announcement came right on the heels of KTM's new 890 Adventure announcement. So I think a few weeks back, they announced the 890 Adventure R, the, um, the top dog with the bling suspension and the wheelies and everything. And so they've done a similar update to the 890, and they've also brought back the 790 for some markets. So um, I think personally, out of a lot of them, the 790 and 890, not the R, actually look really nice. Like the bodywork's proportioned well with the wheels and the height of the bike, its stance. I think uh, they look fantastic, especially with that new. Uh, not so alien looking front end. I was just going to say that the headlight looks a lot more integrated into the body. It's less, um, less like a, an alien or I think the other thing that springs to mind is kind of like a, um, a wasp head kind of sticking out on its own. They've, they've brought those, uh, fairings around the side in and kind of integrated the, the headlight into the bike a bit more. Yeah. I think it leans, it sort of harks back to KTM's heritage with the 950 and 990 adventures, where those bikes had everything was all integrated in. Um, and yeah, they cracking looking bikes now when you look back at them. Back at the day, you sort of looked at them and go, oh, they're a bit weird looking. Uh, but they've aged really well. And I think KTM's styling is pretty on point with these new bikes. Um, but the 790. KTM styling's a lot better than Yamaha styling. Yeah, um, for sure. And so. Yeah, the 790, it's not coming to New Zealand. So Patrick Stafford, the New Zealand manager for KTM, um, I flicked him an email and he goes, no, we're not going to get that. Same as the 790 Duke, which was announced earlier in the year. We're going to only get the new 890 and the new 890R. Um, And I'm pretty sure that's because of the size of the New Zealand market. And also, if we sort of think about Triumph, they had... In other markets, an 850 Tiger, which we don't get because Triumph New Zealand doesn't believe that having a bike that's so close to the more premium bikes makes much sense when you could just buy one of those bikes. And I think KTM's doing the same thing. They don't want to dilute their brand. And let's face it, most Kiwis, when they're buying an 890, are going for the R anyway. Uh, so why take up dealership space with bikes that are just going to sit there? Uh, so seems like a smart move to me. Nice. And sticking with KTM, um, they've taken a 25% stake in MV Augusta. Yeah, they're really um, getting close with MV. So this comes off um, the back of news that KTM's going to be distributing MV in the North American market. And it also... I can't remember. Uh, KTM's also going to be distributing uh, CF Moto in, uh, I think it's five European markets. But when it comes to MV, I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory going on. So they've put all this money into MV, which is a small, it's an independent motorcycle manufacturer. It's not part of the Piaggio group like many of those other um, Italian brands are, or it's not part of a larger thing like Ducati was owned by Lamborghini, which is owned by Volkswagen or Audi, which is owned by Volkswagen. Um, but yeah, so I think KTM might be sort of 
thinking, all right, well, we can keep this, make some money here. We can help this other boutique uh, European brand stay afloat or anything. But maybe my little conspiracy head's going and I'm thinking, hmm, well, KTM bought Husqvarna. They uh, bought Husaberg back in the day. And they also bought Gas Gas. And I think they're looking at MV and they started to sort of shift focus a lot of their market as sort of that road bike market. They were spending so much money in MotoGP. And I kind of think they might be sort of lining up MV to be absorbed into the KTM family uh, down the track. We'll see if it happens, but that's my conspiracy theory of the day. One final story, which uh, I'm just going to throw in the mix here. I see on uh, on throttle.co.nz, KTM have announced a recall for 2020 to 2022 1290 Super Duke R models. Uh, what, what's the story behind that, Matt? The uh, story behind that is the wiring loom um, over time can, because of the way they had it placed in between 2020 and 2022 models, um, yeah, vibration can cause the wiring loom to fray. Um, frays make sparks. Sparks are bad. Bad makes fire. Um, so KTM have since sort of redesigned where the wiring loom sort of falls in within the chassis of the bike and everything. Um, and yeah, the recall is to basically retrofit the new style of routing for the loom uh, into these older bikes to prevent them from, um, yeah, buzzing those uh, wires because I believe the KTMs have CAN bus as well so you don't really want any of those wires sort of breaking because if they're doing multiple jobs um, bad things will probably happen. More on all of these stories on throttle.co.nz probably in the latest Kiwi Rider magazine as well free and uh, out twice a month on th- uh, kiwirider.co.nz Matt, uh, thanks for your, for your work on the news, not only this episode but throughout the year. I don't know where you get most of these news stories but you've definitely got your finger on the pulse as far as uh, New Zealand and international motorcycling goes oh thanks man yeah there's there's a few late nights involved um a lot of emails um my wife likes to operate her inbox as a zero inbox uh mine has currently what's that 98 unread emails so as soon as i cut some down some more appear Oh, g'day. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening. I just wanted to ask you a quick question. How's your summer of riding going? I know mine's going incredibly well and stress-free because my bike is covered by Protector Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles by motorcyclists. You know, not all insurance is created equally and it pays to check the policy wording. Protector has some of the best policy wording I've seen. And they not only cover my bike if I crash it, but it's covered in transit and for theft as well. My gear is all covered, they give me my Ride Forever fees back each year, and they can cover me for track days too. Protectorinsurance.co.nz And get a quote today, you might be surprised. Thanks very much Protector for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Right, back into the show. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Rightio, time to take a look at Santa's sack. See what's in there this week for motorcycle mad Kiwi riders. This is where we have... 
We've done the hard work for you here. We've gone to a few of the gear distributors around the country and said, right guys, what are the hot items this year for Motorcycle Mad Kiwi Riders? What do they want? What do you think they should be thinking about getting? Uh, and they've come back with a massive list of stuff. So let's get into Santa's sack for another week. Ho, ho, ho. Rightio, what's in Santa's sack this week? This one here is not necessarily for the motorcycle mad person in your life, the motorcycle mad Kiwi rider. This one's for the young fella or fella S. Have you heard of Vici Titan electric balance bikes? You can get them in a range of colours. They come in 12 inch, 16 inch, or you can get them in full size uh, 29 or 20, 27 inch uh, electric uh, push bike models as well. But let's concentrate on the balance bikes. These are very, very cool. Okay, we have, it's an electric balance bike, uh, bridging the gap and simplifying the transition from a standard manual balance bike through to a motorcycle these are ideal for children aged three and above uh, they are cool little bikes and a perfect way to introduce throttle control and balance they feature a fully integrated rear hub motor this means that the power is instant creating less drag less noise and they're very low maintenance also they have a rear disc brake alloy wheels and an aluminium frame uh, the bike is a great first step for children uh, to get them into the world of motorcycles. So if you're into motorbikes or someone in your house is, and your young fella or fella has shown an interest, then the Vici Balance Bike may just be the way to go. Website, ridevici.co.nz. That's R-I-D-E-V-I-C-I co.nz check out the full range but the 12 inch is uh, rated at 120 watts it's got 20 newton meters of torque uh, the speed is around about the six kilometer per hour mark in eco or you can boost it up to 10 kilometers per hour disc brake at the rear alloy wheels and the seat height is 360 millimeters uh, at the lowest setting or 490 millimeters at the highest setting they're also pretty light at 10 and a half kgs the battery that it comes with is an 18 volt 5.2 amp hour 94 watt hour lithium ion battery and uh, I think these are cool little machines. I might have to look at getting my young follow one. Uh, as I said, check them out at ridevici.co.nz. That's R-I-D-E-V-I-C-I.co.nz. Ho, ho, ho! And here's something for you if you are out uh, doing a bit of adventure riding or just you're looking for something waterproof that you can put your phone, maybe your computer, maybe a change of clothes and your lunch in, but you want it to be decent and last the distance. Krieger Luggage. If you've not heard of Krieger, check it out. K-R-I-E-G-A. Available from the good guys at motogear.co.nz or your local motorcycle uh, parts and apparel retailer. The Krieger Trail 18 Adventure Backpack, don't let the word adventure scare you, is a very cool backpack. Now these uh, feature the quad lock system, so you put the straps over your shoulders and it clicks together on your chest and it takes all the weight of the backpack off your shoulders and puts it on your torso. It also has a waist strap if you uh, need that extra bit of rigidity around the waist. Comes in black and yellow, black on black and black on orange if you're a KTM rider. 
Two pockets in the Trail 18, the T18. You've got the big roll-top waterproof pouch, and you've got a slimmer kind of pocket that you could fit a hydration bladder or your laptop. I get a 13 or 14-inch MacBook Pro in mine, no dramas. Um, Very cool bag. It's also got kind of an outer mesh that you can stuff your your dirty gear or your your jacket or whatever on the outside and then use the included bungee cords to tie everything up. Uh, The Krieger Trail 18 Adventure Backpack retails at $379.90. The official blurb, all-weather adventure touring demands robust, reliable equipment. The Trail 18 Adventure Backpack utilises Krieger's groundbreaking quad-lock light harness combined with high-tech construction materials to meet the needs of adventure riders or your everyday riders. I'm going to add in there. It has a heavy-duty Zip Access 7-litre rear compartment, which is perfect for a tool roll or water bottle or maybe the optional 3.75-litre hydration reservoir. Then you've got the 12-litre 100% waterproof roll-top compartment. Um, It's made of ultra-durable 420D Cordura Light, uh, plus hyper hyperlon construction, air mesh back panel for rider comfort, YKK water resistant zip guaranteed waterproof four liter main pack body. Uh, it's really really cool. Plus, all your Krieger gear comes with a ten year guarantee. So if it, uh, you know, if, if some of the stitching comes away, it'll be replaced. No dramas. Check it out at motogear.co.nz or motonz.com. And that is your Santa's sack for this week. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! For most of my riding years, I've always gone with the low to mid-range level helmet offerings, but maybe having a child has changed things. Maybe it's something else. But can you really put a price on your head? That's one question I've been asking myself a lot lately. So I bit the bullet and bought the most expensive helmet I have ever owned. Okay, in the interest of full transparency, I didn't pay full retail price. The perks of having a platform about which to talk. Uh, the perks of having the perks of having a platform on which to talk about motorcycle experiences, right? But all the same, I did stump up a fair chunk of change for an Arai XD4 adventure motorcycling helmet. The Arai XD4 is a very popular helmet amongst my esteemed. The Arai XD4 is a very popular helmet among my esteemed motorcycle journalist colleagues. I personally know about five people who would proudly say the XD4 is their adventure lid of choice. And why? Well, Arai takes safety of their helmets seriously. They put safety above the likes of making a decent profit. They don't offer any accessories or features that they deem to be a compromise of the helmet's main job. And for this reason, you won't find Arai with any drop-down internal sun visor. Arai sees this as using valuable space where the impact-absorbing EPS should be. Arai helmets are handmade in Japan, checked five times by five different people before they leave the factory. These sorts of procedures require manpower, which in turn costs money, and this is possibly one reason why the price on Arai helmets is a little bit higher than the rest. But Arai doesn't put a priority on making a profit. Sure, they're a company, they're out to make a profit, they're out to make some money, but 
and they don't make silly business decisions, but their reason for being is to make safe motorcycle helmets. Back in 1976, the top dog at Arai, Mitch Arai, decided to stand out from the crowd they needed to do a better job. Being a motorcycle rider himself, he was driven to create the safest helmet around. So that became their goal. And even today, when you look at the top 10 safest helmet brands around, Arai is always in the top 5. So, the XD4, what's it like? I've always said, when I've been asked what helmet is best, you need to go to a store and you need to try on a wide range of helmets. There's a few sliding scales you need to look at. Price, comfort and safety. You need to decide what safety features you're willing to scrimp on to get the price and the comfort that you're happy with. Only you are going to wear this helmet, so only you can make the call as to what helmet to buy. Keep this in mind as I run you through my experiences with the Orion XD4. Let's start with the good. It's comfortable. There is a lot of room around my ears, while still gripping the crown of my head and the jawline as well. There doesn't appear to be any padding, touching, or creating pressure points around my ears at all. The shell feels small and reasonably lightweight on your head. The peak doesn't seem to catch as much wind on the motorway as I would expect. The visor seals well, and there is plenty of ventilation. The bad? Well, it's kind of hard to come up with bad points, but let's say they're not so good. The chin straps could be a little longer. It's a little cramped around the padding under my chin, trying to get those double D rings done up. The modular design of the EPS and cheek pads makes installing comms slightly more complicated than it needs to be, and a little more fiddly. That's pretty much all I could come up with for the bad, though. How does it compare? Well, I spent a lot of time riding in the LS2 Pioneer, the LS2 Pioneer Evo, and the Arrow Commander. All cheaper helmets than the Arai XD4. The LS2 retails around the $260 mark, and the, Arai, and the Arrow around the $750 mark. The LS2 was quite comfortable, but the shell is bigger, and the peak caught a lot more wind at high speeds. That said, the materials also feel a little cheaper. Not horribly cheap, but noticeably cheaper. The Arrow puts more pressure on my ears on long rides. It comes with an inbuilt drop-down sun visor, which to me is a benefit. It means you're not swapping tinted visors all the time. But I do like the look of a tinted visor. So let's run through them. The LS2 Pioneer Evo, uh, $289, has a KPA outer shell. The lining clips to the embedded domes. It has a ratchet strap fastening system. It comes with a clear visor and pin lock. The tinted visor is not pin lock. It can be used with goggles. Is ECE 22.05 rated. Has an internal drop-down sun visor, removable lining, and weighs 1350 grams. The Arrow Commander, $729 retail. They call it an uh, they call it a high-performance composite shell. There are cutouts in the EPS for your speakers of your comms kit. There are some clips, but mostly it's a friction fit inside. Double D fastening comes with a clear uh, comes with a clear visor and is pinlock and with a pinlock, but you can also get a tinted visor with pinlock as well. Can be used with or without goggles, with or without peak, and is ECE 22.05 rated. Has an internal drop-down sun visor, removable lining, and weighs 1,400 grams. 
The Arai XT4, $1,099 retail. They call the outer shell a complex fiber laminate. There are no cutouts for the uh, speakers in, of your comms kit, but there is loads of room to install one. Friction fit, double D fasting, clear and tinted visors with pin lock. Can be used with or without visor and peak. You can use goggles with this helmet, ECE 22.05 rated. No internal sun visor, removable lining though, and weighs 1669 grams. Now if you're wondering what this ECE 22.05 certification is all about, it is a European approval of minimum safety requirements for a motorcycle or scooter helmet. The certification is used in nearly 50 countries worldwide, however not in the US. They have their own certification, the DOT approval. ECE certification is the most up-to-date current standard and is recognised in most countries. The ECE DOT, sorry, the, the ECE testing and overall requirements are more rigorous than the DOT testing. Snell Memorial Foundation standard requires multiple impact resistance in the same location. The ECE 22.05 rating is not relevant in the US, but it is in Canada. Many helmets in the US have both certifications, which means that they can be used in most countries without any problem. But technically, if you only have an ECE certification in the US, you could get a ticket. According to the UK's Sharp Helmet Testing for 2022, here are the top 10 safest helmets. And at number 10, Arrow. Number 9, Bell. Number 8, MT. Number 7, HJC. Number 6, Nolan. Number 5, Carberg. Number 4, Arai. Number 3, Shark. Number 2, Shoei. And number 1, AGV. But after all said and done, if you're looking for a helmet, go and try them on. That's all I can say. Right, so summer riding. It's that time of year. Not only do we look forward to the fat man coming down the chimney with the prezzies, but the weather is more stable and we have time up our sleeve to occasionally sneak away from the family and get some kilometres on the bikes. Uh, my bike of choice for this summer, of course, you know it, it is the trusty Tenere 700. Um, recent modifications, uh, the wireless charging head from Quadlock and the smart uh, auxiliary power adapter, which is very, very cool. It means I don't have to cut into the loom on the bike, I connect it straight to the battery, I have the wireless charging head on the auxiliary tower, phone on there, charged all day long really looking forward to getting out on the bike and matt this year i'm going to be tackling the molesworth and the rainbow once again oh, you uh, from boxing day <laughs> boxing day through to the i think it's the 28th of december so getting away to the south island for a couple of nights oh, i'm so jealous i didn't want to say anything so man. Jealous. i didn't i didn't <laughs> i'm that kind of guy i didn't invite you because i didn't want to make you feel bad if you couldn't come oh fair enough yeah i've got uh, um, plans of my own over that period. I'm going to take Rosie Rally over to Whangamata. Um, might do a ride with Dad with his Tiger 1050. Who knows? Um, but Mum and Dad have three acres um, in sort of the hills behind Whangamata. Uh, there's some cows in some paddocks, but um, other paddocks look um, fine for racking up and teaching my younger brother to ride a bike with a clutch. So that's my Christmas plan, I think. Um, well, that that's my plan last I know. The wife may have changed it. I might not be taking the bike anymore, but <laughs> yeah, I'll find out. <laughs> nice. Have you got uh, got those those young young sprock sprockets sprockets? We'll go with sprockets. Got those young sprockets on two wheels yet? What's the story there? Because your your oldest is closing in on four and a half. Yeah, he'll be four and a half on the second of January. Um, 
Yeah, we, we're working our way up there, sort of. So two wheels in kind of motorbike fashion is a work in progress, but I have bought them each an actual push bike now. Um, so once they've mastered those, then we'll sort of start working away at uh, getting them on something motorised. Brilliant. Well, uh, we've got one more podcast episode between now and Christmas, the big day. Uh, following Christmas, we are going on hiatus for the better part of a month and a half. What we're going to be doing is back in 2020, Matt, uh, you wrote and I produced a series called High Beam. And what we did, as well as talking to a bunch of BMW motorcycle riders, we traced the lineage from the of the GS, BMW GS bikes from the R80 GS right through until the current day BMW R1250 GS. So that's five episodes from, I think it's Boxing Day. Let me uh, let me just check my uh, my calendar. Uh, five episodes, not Boxing Day. 29th of December is when that kicks off, and it runs through until first week of February. So we hope you enjoy those uh, episodes. We're just giving those high beam episodes a, a second run because it was it was August 2020 we initially ran those, Matt. Far out, was it? It was a long time ago. Oh, I, I had a really good time writing those. I, I really enjoyed the research of the GSs and stuff. And well, see, I'd still like to own a GS one day. But um, yeah, like it's. It, I remember going through it and getting a real sort of uh, fondness for that first F650, the one that looks like a jelly bean. Um, but yeah, there's a few, some interesting bikes there. I think we even included the HP2 Enduro at one point as well, which itself is a fantastic bike. Which I think you mentioned that, definitely. Yeah, wish BMW would bring that back. And can you imagine a modern day HP2 Enduro with that shift cam 1250 motor? It'd be brutal, it'd be amazing. It would be. Right, well that's about us. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast. Um, please do get in touch with us uh, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address you can reach out on social media and we'd love to hear from you whether it be some feedback good, bad or indifferent or you, um, you've you been out for a ride because I know that most people listening to this podcast will be getting out for a few rides between now and February so email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz get in touch with Matt through onthrottle.co.nz all the associated social media I'm uh, Moto nz.com and check out Kiwi Rider magazine twice a month absolutely free at kiwirider.co.nz otherwise I've been Ray I've been Matt keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time <laughs>